Welcome to the Furniture Industry News Podcast, brought to you by FurniturePodcast.com. In this episode, we delve into the latest trends, financial reports, and strategic insights that are shaping the world of furniture. Whether you're a retailer, designer, manufacturer, or industry insider, we provide the information you need to stay informed and ahead in the market. Join us as we uncover the stories that impact the furniture landscape and the professionals within it. When it comes to shopping for furniture, the scales are finely balanced between the allure of scrolling through online catalogs and the sensory experience of visiting brick and mortar stores. Recent findings from Radiant's fifth annual State of Consumer Behavior Report reveal that a slight majority of 51% of consumers show a preference for online shopping, drawing almost even with the 49% who favor in-store visits. This equilibrium in preference is particularly notable as we emerge from an era where the digital marketplace dominated during the pandemic, and we saw a renewed interest in physical stores in 2023. Diving into the nuances of shopping habits, furniture, along with appliances, sits comfortably in the middle ground with a solid 49% of consumers likely to peruse physical stores for these purchases. These figures underscore the importance of the tactile and visual aspects that consumers value when selecting substantial home items. The year-over-year trends have remained consistent, with little change from 2022 to 2024, although 2021 was somewhat lower at 44%. What's perhaps more fascinating is the substantial weight consumers place on the in-store experience, A formidable 85% of them deem it crucial, with the vast ramifications that a positive encounter has on customer loyalty, spending, and brand advocacy. Indeed, 92% would revisit a store following a favorable experience, 60% are willing to spend more, and 58% would be encouraged to engage with the brand's online presence. The ripples of a good in-store experience extend beyond the walls of a retail establishment, as 90% would likely share their commendable experience with others, harnessing the power of word of mouth. Conversely, an adverse experience doesn't just discourage future visits. It's broadcasted to peers with 86% warning others of their dissatisfaction. Retailers take heed. The elements shaping an enjoyable in-store journey are composite. Consumers have spoken, and they value a rich selection and variety of products, stellar customer service, and shrewd store layout and organization. However, It's price that continues to reign supreme as the most significant factor in their shopping decisions, followed by convenience and product availability. This deep dive into consumer preferences isn't just insightful. It's instrumental for any furniture business looking to finesse their strategy to either captivate the online browser or enchant the in-store shopper. In the ever-evolving landscape of furniture retail, we've witnessed a continuation of the roller coaster ride that began in the aftermath of the global pandemic. As we navigate the early months of 2024, the industry is faced with nuanced challenges and strategic decisions. The sector, much like the chaise lounges and sectionals that furnish our living spaces, must conform to the contours of the current economic climate. With this in mind, the trend towards store closures has become an undeniable reality. From the closure of eight stores by top 100 retailer, The Room Place, amidst Chapter 11. Proceedings to the shuttering of establishments with deep community roots like Sharer's Furniture, a fixture since 1897, we're reminded of the impermanence within the industry. In Rochester, New York, Ruby Gordon Home is yet another entity bowing to the pressures of recent times, 
with Klausner's sudden cessation adding to their burdens. Meanwhile, across the nation, retailers like the High Point Connection and Legacy Modern Home Furnishings have turned to digital strongholds to sustain their brands amidst physical store closures, acknowledging the shifting customer dynamics. The reasons that compel these closures are multifaceted, ranging from the pursuit of retirement by legacy owners to grappling with weakened demographics and the tribulations of city life. However, in a market ripe with heritage and replete with savvy entrepreneurs, such closures inspire a poignant question. How will the furniture retail sector recalibrate and flourish anew? Strikingly, it isn't merely the structural aspects of business compelling these decisions. The influence of competitive market forces has been profound, and the issue is compounded by shifts in consumer behavior and economic undercurrents. Whether retailers are succumbing to the changing tides or retiring after establishing decades of success, this trend signals a transformative phase where adaptation and innovation become the central components of resilience and growth within the furniture industry. In today's episode, we turn our focus to a development within the furniture industry that has far-reaching implications, recent shifts in transportation prices. For the first time in 19 months, transportation costs have seen a noteworthy increase. As reported by the Logistics Managers Index, the logistics sector's performance spiked with an encouraging index figure of 55. 6. This expansion indicates a sense of optimism and could signify a growing consumer demand. The catalyst behind this surge seems to be retailers' active efforts to replenish their inventories, particularly after the holiday season's demands. This pattern of restocking is especially apparent among retailers who are strengthening their reserves after a bustling end-of-year sales period. Now, with consumer sentiment reportedly making a substantial leap forward, the hope is that this renewed confidence will translate into improved retail demand throughout the industry. The rise in transportation prices isn't the only shift we're noting. There's also been an interesting inversion between the pricing and transportation capacity. Historically, such an inversion has heralded a shift in the market dynamics, and seasoned industry professionals are tentatively hopeful that this correlation will persist. While inventory levels have also ticked upward, we're seeing a cautious approach to restocking, with firms prioritizing needs-based inventory management. Fast-moving consumer goods are being replenished at an accelerated rate, while a slower pace is seen further upstream, a strategy that speaks volumes about the cautious optimism currently coloring our outlook for 2024. For you, the industry professional, these developments symbolize an intricate dance of supply chain management, strategic planning, and forecasting. As the larger players in the market showcase more robust growth, a key takeaway for our listeners is to stay vigilant about the changing logistics tides— and perhaps consider recalibrating your inventory strategies to align with this newfound market momentum. As we contemplate these dynamics, it's worth noting the adeptness required to navigate through such changes in demand and transportation. Stay tuned as we continue to monitor these trends and consider the strategies that could propel the industry forward in these evolving circumstances. Shifting gears, Let's pivot our attention to the logistics cornerstone of the furniture industry, XPO, a trucking and logistics giant. As the wheels of industry continue to turn, XPO has reported a robust fourth quarter, with revenues up by 6%, or an additional $110 million over the previous year, totaling an impressive $1.94 billion. This substantial rise is largely attributable to higher yield, 
excluding fuel and a notable uptick in tonnage per day in the North American LTL segment. Yet, the revenue increase did come amidst a backdrop of lower fuel surcharge revenue, a balancing act that may have troubled less agile operators. The bottom line presents an even more striking reversal of fortune. Net income from continuing operations stood at $58 million, leapfrogging from a net loss of $36 million in the preceding year. A closer look reveals more good news on the financial health of Expo, with adjusted EBTDA registering at $264 million for the quarter, nearly mirroring the $262 million from the same quarter last year. It's clear XPO is fueling its growth trajectory, amassing $251 million in cash flow from operating activities. CEO Mario Harrick is justifiably proud, citing the company's surging fourth quarter results, eclipsing expectations, and signaling a gathering momentum in service quality, pricing, and productivity. Under the hood of these results is their LTL 2.0 growth plan. This forward-facing strategy hinges on proactive investments anticipating consumer demand, focusing on premium customer service as the engine of margin expansion. These results are also a testament to the critical role logistics plays in an industry that is constantly evolving to keep pace with shifting market demands. An interesting point to note is XPO's strategic maneuver with the acquisition of assets from the now-defunct Yellow Corporation. This move amidst the broader market landscape, could well be a chess move securing further fortification in the logistics domain, resonating with the needs of the furniture industry, and possibly reshaping delivery networks and service benchmarks for the years ahead. Amidst the backdrop of a challenging business landscape, retailers and exhibitors at the recent Las Vegas market have been boldly adapting their strategies. The market's attendees are resourcefully navigating less-than-ideal conditions, from a sluggish housing market to geopolitical uncertainties that could affect global trade. In conversations with vendors, a recurring sentiment has been that while setting sales records may not be on the horizon for this year, there's a strong shared commitment to stimulating retail traffic. A key strategy? Keeping sales floors vibrant with innovative and appealing merchandise without unnecessarily tying up capital and inventory— a significant lesson many learned the hard way as the pandemic tapered. Luke Silver, the president of Steve Silver Company, underscored cautious optimism among retailers, noting a shift in purchasing tendencies. Many are shying away from committing to container loads, preferring to pay a premium for warehouse products, thus steering clear of being overstocked should items lag in sales. Reflecting on the prior fiscal year's better-than-anticipated wrap-up and buoyed by favorable economic indicators, Marcus Bontrager, president of Fusion Designs, expressed that retailers understand the value of refreshing their showrooms to entice shoppers. In response to the paramount concern of declining retail traffic, exhibitors at the market are putting forth products designed to lure in consumers. Jamie Collins of Home Legants has seen a resilient spirit among the attendees believing this year will outshine the last. Meanwhile, Hooker Legacy Brands is breathing life into showrooms by launching new designs, an approach echoed by Paige Wilson, who has reported an influx of new eyes on their brands, including those from boutique retailers and interior designers not met before. With the Las Vegas market serving as a hub for connections and opportunities, attendees have shown they're not just waiting for change. They're actively sculpting the business landscape with clear eyes and a readiness to sparkle amidst the market's uncertainties.
Turning our focus now to the betting segment, the winter Las Vegas market became a showcase for innovation with an impressive array of new product introductions providing a fascinating view of where the industry may be heading. Amid various uncertainties, a consumer base hesitant to splurge on mattresses, the industry-shaking acquisition involving Tempur-Sealy International and Mattress Firm, and a critical anti-dumping action, the wave of new bedding products shown as a hopeful indicator of vigorous market activity. Retailers at the market approached the deluge of introductions with welcome arms. Off the record, some voiced their search for alternative brands to diversify their offerings, particularly with the looming acquisition on the horizon that may shake up existing brand loyalties. The response from manufacturers was clear. As companies like Serta Simmons Bedding led the charge with extensive launches, unveiling a staggering 56 new mattresses across multiple lines. Not only did these introductions give retailers a wide spectrum of price points to attract customers into their stores, but they also aimed to rejuvenate retail doors that might have quieted down in recent times. The strategic timing couldn't have been better, according to Toby Konetsny, CEO of South Bay International, who noted, It feels like the entire supply chain is back to more normal levels. Richard Fleck, president of Paramount Sleep Company, highlighted SKU productivity as a key concern for retailers shopping in Las Vegas as the industry collectively seeks efficient ways to navigate the current landscape. Retailers are eager to stock up on new products that offer not just variety, but also a promise to drive business and keep retail sales associates inspired. This trend of robust product introduction at the market also captured the emerging shift away from lower-priced SKUs, steering clear of competition with the often-seen lower-end online offerings. Instead, the industry seems to be pivoting towards more specialized, design-driven products with unique features, which manufacturers like King Coil and Spring Air International exemplified through their varied new launches. In a significant leadership transition within the home furnishing sector, the Home Furnishings Association, or HFA, has heralded the beginning of a new chapter with the announcement of Shannon Williams as its incoming CEO, effective June 1st. Williams is ascending to the helm following the retirement announcement of Mark Schumacher, who admirably led the HFA through economic ebbs and flows in recent years. Stepping into the role with a robust track record in business development, managerial strategy, and having earned the designation of Certified Association Executive, Williams is poised to navigate the HFA towards a future ripe with potential. Her expertise has already been honed in various capacities within the association since 2018, most recently as its chief operating officer. As Williams prepares to steer the Home Furnishings Association into the evolving tides of the industry, there is a palpable sense of optimism. The association is set to continue its trajectory, fostering a thriving environment for furniture retailers and fortifying the bonds across the industry's diverse stakeholders. HFA Board President Matt Schultz has voiced strong confidence in Williams's appointment, expressing that her extensive business acumen and intimate knowledge of the association will enable the HFA to adapt dynamically to the industry's demands while maintaining its commitment to serving retailers and other industry affiliates. Mark Schumacher's endorsement of his successor further reinforces this sentiment highlighting that Williams's capabilities align seamlessly with the leadership qualities necessary to propel the HFA into the future. With this strategic move, the HFA reaffirms its dedication to nurturing a prosperous home furnishings ecosystem that benefits all members of the community it represents.
In today's textile industry news, we're seeing the tangible impacts of a shifting market on employment. Global Textile Alliance, a key player in the niche of mattress and upholstery fabrics, has, regrettably, announced a significant layoff of up to 95 employees at their Reedsville, North Carolina factory. Citing what it calls competitive and market forces in the textile and bedding sectors, the decision starkly reflects the relentless pressures faced by companies to stay afloat in an intensely competitive landscape. This move, detailed in a recent worker adjustment and retraining notification notice, is not just a blow to the local workforce, which faces a stark cessation of employment come April 9th. It is emblematic of a broader industry trend where adaptation and evolution are critical for survival. As manufacturers navigate between the Scylla and Charybdis of market demands and global competition, the implications echo across the sector, potentially signaling shifts in operational strategies and reevaluation of market approaches. Indeed, these layoffs serve as a somber reminder of the relentless pace of change in the furniture industry, with a ripple effect that stretches from local communities to global supply chains. As industry professionals, we recognize the challenges ahead and the need for strategic resilience in the face of such market dynamics. In an interesting development within the furniture manufacturing sector, Flexsteel Industries has reported positive growth in their recent quarterly financial performance. Net sales surged by 7.5%, culminating in just over $100 million for the period ending December 31, 2023. Notably, this was paralleled by a 14% year-over-year increase in sales orders, which reached $105 million. What's driving Flexsteel's growth? A deeper dive into the numbers reveals that home furnishings products sold through Retail stores have jumped by $10 million, or 12.5%. This is in contrast to a 20.3% decline, or $3 million decrease, in e-commerce channel sales compared to the same period in the previous year. Equally remarkable in FlexDeal's reported figures is the gross margin, standing at 22% for the fiscal 2024 quarter, a significant improvement from the prior year's 17%. Meanwhile, Net income has climbed by 7%, amounting to $3 million, or $0.57 per share. CEO Jerry Dittmer has expressed satisfaction with these outcomes, highlighting the company's successful execution on operational fronts and the strategic benefits derived from productivity, cost savings, pricing discipline, and product portfolio management. These have all purportedly contributed to the expansion of gross margins and increased operating income. In a strategic move aimed at optimizing its North American manufacturing operations, FlexSteel also announced the upcoming closure of its Dublin, Georgia manufacturing plant. Despite supporting less than 5% of the company's annual sales, FlexSteel believes it will retain the majority of these sales through the transition. This closure, expected to be completed by the end of the fiscal fourth quarter, will reportedly bring annualized savings of around $4 million dollars and comes as a sharp reminder of the ever-evolving market demands and the need for manufacturers to continuously adapt to remain competitive. The company ended the quarter with a healthy balance sheet, indicating a strong position to navigate future challenges and capitalize on opportunities. This narrative represents a broader trend of ongoing adjustments within the industry, as companies strive to align their production capacities and operational footprints with shifting consumer behaviors and economic landscapes. 
And just like that, we have reached the end of today's journey through the dynamic world of furniture. We've covered a spectrum of topics from shifting consumer shopping preferences to the logistics of transporting the very pieces that transform houses into homes. We hope the insights and discussions have been both informative and thought-provoking for all our industry professionals listening out there. We invite you to continue the conversation by visiting our website, furniturepodcast.com, and to connect with us on social media where the dialogue never stops. Don't forget to subscribe to ensure you never miss an episode of Furniture Industry News. Until next time, keep innovating, keep inspiring, and keep driving the future of furniture forward. Thank you for joining us. Take care. And don't forget to subscribe.